Hello, and welcome to Introducing Me. I'm your host, Sarah. I started this podcast to get to know other people and lifestyles while discovering more about myself. Each episode, I'll give a new guest a chance to discuss their background, culture, interest, or whatever they want to talk about to help increase all of our own worldviews. Today, I would like to introduce you to Ariana Tanine. She is on TikTok sharing some great energy and wonderful things. Her professional life includes being an operations and project manager, and she shares so much about that on TikTok. And I was just like, I want to hear more about you and how you got to where you are today. So I'm really excited that she is here with us today. So Ariana, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got to where you are today? Well, again, my name is Ariane Tanin. I am a operations and project manager at a financial firm, which I like to say when I want to tell people I have a really cool, fancy job and they just look at me with the blank stare. So it's great. Um, but I did not start this journey down that path in any way. Um, and it's been a really weird way to get here. So I actually started my career in doing like real estate work and trying to think that I wanted to get my real estate license didn't really like it so I went to school for accounting I was really lost you know like I was just like I like math um and while I was trying real estate and doing with the jobs I need to do to have a living I actually found myself getting married and finding that I was really into this photography thing. I'd done some in school and all my friends were getting married at the same time as me. And so I ended up finding myself just carrying my camera everywhere. And the next thing you know, I decided to start a business on a whim and spend a year doing everything wrong. <laughs> and the only thing that's been the like consistent thing in my career has been that because I started with a accounting background, I've gone through my entire life and businesses so far with starting my own business as an entrepreneur, as a business person. And after wanting to give that up and getting divorced, I ended up getting meeting someone, starting asking her if she had any jobs available and found myself in a job where every single thing I had done in the last few years, with the exception of photography, became really important. And it's just been this weird roundabout way where I ended up doing what I'm doing now. I don't know if that made any sense. <laughs> no, it does. And it's it's an interesting way to get to where you are. Um, so what was it like starting a business and realizing things are not going as planned? So I started photography has like the least barrier of entry ever like there are like two things you need to be a photographer a camera and like your mom to say good job you're doing great honey and you're a photographer at the end <laughs> and like maybe a client so and that's just how it is and so you have to learn very early on how to differentiate yourself and not it's easier said than done like it's not as easy as you would think um and so I remember when I first started like I just did what everyone else was doing and I don't know, I stumbled on a couple of people. And after a few months, I started realizing that if I wanted to do anything in this business, I need to start thinking like a business. I need to start, just start from scratch. And so I ended up, you know, just changing my trajectory. I started blogging a ton on my, you know, business website. And all of a sudden, people started booking me for me. They started hiring me for me. And that was like my first experience in realizing how important like branding, marketing, and business was to a business. Like it didn't matter how creative. It really came down to, it was still a business. It's not about the art. It was really about managing your money, 
managing your clients, managing their expectations. And that's probably been the most consistent theme in my entire life career. And so what was it like, you know, kind of then starting to get people to hire you for you? That's a vibe. <laughs> like, I remember the weirdest moment to this day. I remember we were just sitting talking. It was like this consultation. And she just stopped. And she was like, by the way, how is your dog? And I was like, how do you know about my dog? Like, <laughs> She's like, I saw it on your Instagram. And I was like, oh, wow, this is weird. Like, you actually know me, know me. And you don't realize that that's what you're doing when you're trying to put this, like, Insta feed out. And this was, like, pre- this is before Instagram needed to be like super curated and super pretty. It was like just before that time. And so it was just like, I posted about my dog or I posted about my book and it made a connection, but I really learned the value of authenticity before authenticity became inauthentic. <laughs> like it, it got Instagram now is very inauthentic in a lot of ways, but back then, like you just had to be yourself. And that was really what differentiated my small business. And I only did it, I did it for eight years. But I don't think it wouldn't have been it would have been as successful if I wasn't really, really good at being me. And I learned that super early on and it just changed the whole trajectory of what I was doing. And so since now, you know, Instagram can be inauthentic. Do you find that you're still able to be authentic to yourself? Now that TikTok exists? Yes. I don't think like I have tried an Instagram since I stopped doing photography, which was about 2019, which talk about the perfect timing considering the last year or two. But <laughs> um, I have tried to kind of pick up my business, like doing business stuff, like talking to people about money and finances and branding and marketing and like the business aspects that keeps the business living and I couldn't get back on Insta. Like I would post and I just try to get this rhythm, but I just felt like so much pressure all the time. Um, and then like with TikTok, I probably just, you know, lurked on it for a long time. But when I first posted in January, I was completely surprised at how it blew up. And I felt this like, I was like the moment I realized I could post without having to put makeup on, I was like, done. <laughs> We're going to do this now. I, I can handle this. I don't have to get pretty for this. This is great. <laughs> and what is it like um, with TikTok, having your TikToks blow up and continue to be just producing content and holding an audience? I think that I... It's very different than anything I've done. I mean, I remember how hard I worked to get followers on Instagram, to get followers on Facebook. I mean, it was work and it got harder and harder. And to go like TikTok, I have never had that kind of growth in any platform ever. Uh, but TikTok in a couple of what, two weeks, I had jumped from like zero to 10,000. And then, you know, a couple months later, I was at, you know, 12, 14. And now we're at like 17,000. It slowed dramatically because I haven't posted because I decided like, interrupt things by getting married or whatever again <laughs> but you know it did so it slowed down but ultimately the trajectory and the movement of tiktok is just so different and to be able to put content out on less strict restrictions less oh hashtag strategy and to really just think about like what do i want to talk about and what will people connect with was it's just a really cool area and way to market myself which is just way different than before 
And do you find yourself on TikTok having to stick with one major topic, which for you would be kind of the project management side of things? Yes. And I, like, I know, like, right now, I feel like the pull for my followers is to do more tutorials. And that's where it's like, I don't want to do the work sometimes. Like, I don't want to have to, like, record my computer. I don't know how to make that smoother. And so I procrastinate. Um, But, like, just talking about work and business and even just talking about, like, sometimes my concepts behind why I set things up the way I do, that I feel like is really fun to share and just why I have these because I don't know if everyone thinks like me, but it makes a lot of sense in my head. So when I go and I post something and other people are like, that's how my head works. That's a pretty cool feeling. And can you talk a little bit about how your head works? Oh, no. <laughs> no, my head doesn't make any sense. Um, but it's what's actually my favorite experience. And I'll tell you, so I got a promotion because of TikTok. I'll tell you how that happened. And I did post TikTok about this. Um, I was hired when I got the job I'm in now. I was hired as a project manager. And what that really meant to my boss was do this work. <laughs> like, here's a job. I've, I got it. Can you just do the hard part? Like do this work part. And then when you're done, let me know you're done. And I did that. And the work varied. And I just was a project manager. Like, I just managed getting that project out of the window. And slowly we started, I started pulling in, this is why I say my career has been weird, but it's all connected. I started pulling in things that I had done when I was running my own business. Like I was like, you know, we have, there are platforms out there that you can use for contracts or there are systems out there for workflows. And when I started doing that, our business changed. So I started pulling in these ideas and saying, hey, let's try this, let's build this. And I would make these systems and workflows Next thing you know, my boss is now saying like, well, we have all these systems and workflows and we're really, and I was like, you do have that. <laughs> um, and so I remember when uh, we finally decided to use those systems and workflows to leverage into hiring other people. And that's when I first posted on TikTok. So my very first post was, okay, I have to actually do the manage part of project manage with other people who have like feelings and lives and like kids and like stuff. And I'm not ready for this. So please help me. And maybe I'll just teach you how to like set up an Asana dashboard or something. Complete change because everyone was like, you know, corresponding. And I started talking about what I did and sharing. Hey, I know how to do Asana. I know how to use this software. People were like, you know that you're not doing project management. Like you're, those are operational things. Those are not project things. And I was like, I mean, I'm just organized. And they're like, no, this is what companies hire people to do to organize the whole company. And so I leveraged that. I went to my boss and I was like, I don't know how to tell you this, but my job description is wrong. <laughs> and I think that I should actually be doing this as a full-time consistent part of this company because this is going to last a lot longer than me. Like this will outlive this month or this year. Like doing a project is temporary, but Anything I do for you, I've been doing stuff that's going to last longer. A workflow is going to last till I, like if I get in a car accident tomorrow, the workflow is still there. <laughs> so like, I started teaching and realizing that and I used that to get a promotion. So I think that's been the, I don't actually remember what your original question was, but <laughs> that is kind of where I feel like TikTok has played this role in my business, in my, in my career like that. And what was having that conversation with your manager like? She, she was, she agreed. 
And we both kind of realized that like, it had only been the two of us. So we hadn't needed to have like this really specific definition of what our roles were. We just needed to do the job. Like I just needed to do my part to support her. Um, But when we sat in that room and I had to kind of come in and say like, this is what I'm doing. This is consistent. This is what I'll need to be paid for. What do you say? And the one thing I've always loved and appreciated about my boss is that she very much values people. She's not here to like make this corporation where she's like, oh, minimum wage. No, she was like, fair. Here's my counter. Here's my thoughts and processes on this. Can you get me a number that fits that? And I was like, absolutely. And I made a presentation and we talked about it and she said, deal. And that's how it went. Like that was that conversation. And so it it was a very respectful situation I was in, which is, I always feel is why I stay, why I love my job and continue to work for her. Cause I like the culture and that respect she's building with pretty much everyone we've hired since. And what would you recommend for other people um, to find like a good culture? What should people be looking for? They really need to look, you don't want someone who, uses the whole like you know if you've seen it on tiktok like oh we're a family like we're not a family we're a business and i'm going to respect you as a person and my goal is to empower and uplift and when people are really genuinely doing things that empower and uplift the team then you're in the right place it's when they're trying to do things that feel like empowering or feel like uplifting that it's just, it's really not, you know, know, I'm going to do this temporary thing. So what I'm really finding with my, with our job is, you know, when I walked in and I said, these are my goals, like I am, like I'm a Jehovah's witness and I split a lot of my time preaching. And I told her like, I want to work for you, but this is something that's valuable in my life. And I like to have time to do that throughout the week. To this day, she supports that decision. Like she's never come in and be like, I need you to stop sacrificing that time for me. And I think that's the thing. You're looking for that level of consistency. If there's something that is valued to you and it goes, same goes for if you're a mom, if you're a woman, if you're getting married, if you're anybody who has these values and goals and things that they have in life, they want that balance and they're willing to support that. And then they're not trying to make you give it up. Then you're in the right place. That makes a lot of sense. Would you be willing to talk a little bit about what it's like to be a Jehovah's Witness? Sure. Um, I was raised as a Jehovah's Witness. I've done it like I've been here my whole life. My family are Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, our faith is a big, my husband, my new husband is a Jehovah's Witness, and our faith is a big part of our day-to-day life. Um, we, you know, put a lot of time in our relationships with God, and we put a lot of time in relationships with others and preaching to others about it, um, and also just growing and 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 grow, drawing close to God on a regular daily basis. Um, you know, our, our religion is known for knocking on doors, and <laughs> um, that's something that we've participated in, and it's been, it's just been a very valuable and grounding part of our, our lives. It's one of the constants that we've always had with myself, my husband, like it's just been something that we always come back to. So I really value that as part of a lot of my decision making, a lot of my choices are centered around, does it take away from my worship? Does it take away from my beliefs? Does it compromise my morals? And am I doing, you know, being the best version of myself that I want to be? Yeah, that sounds nice. Like it's so important that it's not affecting your work. Have you had situations where 
you felt like your faith has not been accepted and you therefore have had to like change what you're doing or tell people no? In my life as a whole, generally, no. I'd like to say I've been blessed in like that area. Like when I pick a position, you know, I have either been working for people who are familiar or who were witnesses themselves. And so that was never like a compromise I had to make very often. Um, But it's because it played a role in where I chose to work first and foremost. And I think that was important. So I think it's good for anyone when you have anything you value. No, I value my religion and I value my faith. If I value that, then it needs to play a role in anything I choose. I don't want to choose a career that compromises that because where is that balance in life? At some point you're going to regret because if I'm balanced in my faith and I'm balanced in my work life, what I find is it bleeds into everything else. So I'm balanced with my family. I'm balanced with my recreation. And I think that's an important tier to have like God first and everything falls into place. And how do you find ways to balance all of this? How do I plan? Um, I plan and balance and handle all of these things probably because I'm a big planner. I have planners, (laughs) probably too many. Um, And I use my softwares. Like, I'm all about that. Um, I often find that, like, when I feel out of control or stressed out, I'm like, when's the last time I sat down and just planned out my day? planned out my week. (laughs) So that's usually where I stand. I color code my whole planner. Like it's weird, but I have a color for like health, spiritual, uh, personal time, social time. Like I literally color code my planner. And at the end of the week, I like to look back and be like, how did I do? Was I balanced? Why is there so much green for work? Like, (laughs) and I actually have pushed myself to really take the time to analyze that. Um, it's, changed and adapted as I've gotten married and had to make make sure I'm making time for that in my life, obviously, like my relationship and, you know, being available. But that's honestly how I've, what I've done for myself. I use a passion planner, by the way. It's like my best friend. (laughs) So since you're such a big planner person, what was it like when the pandemic started and things started to probably be less planned? horrible. (laughs) No, I won't say that. I definitely probably went through one of the most difficult periods of my life. Um, I was going to school, like I had gone back to school, I wanted to get a degree. And I was working on that. And I was working part time, so like 20 to 30 hours a week. And, you know, I was just living my best life. And I was going to the gym and I was really fit and I was feeling really good. And then pandemic hit and I did not, I learned in the worst way possible how much I had built my life around what I needed to keep me moving. And I mean that like I was a person who I would make plans with someone to go to the gym and I would go to the gym immediately after class. So like I could just keep that momentum moving. So when you took all the momentum away, I found myself feeling like I was just I just taken a dead stop. And, you know, I had a lot of support. Like I wasn't quite dating my new husband at the time, but we had just like, we were really good friends and we had video games and Minecraft and we were, you know, having a lot of fun, a lot of, you know, a good time together, but my days were inside all the time. And I was just working several hours and work picked up because everybody was like, Hey, do I have enough money to survive? And that was a really important question. 
production. And so we were working a lot more to make sure they were good and help them get these like the PPP loans were coming out. And it really just changed. It just really changed my vibe. And I really struggled to get back on track and just kind of like feel good about my flow. And until I kind of pushed myself to go back to my planner and go back to journaling and doing all that, I really just found myself not in my favorite emotional place, like just not. Are you able to pinpoint like kind of what helped you get back to that, that you were able to kind of find balance? So it was probably routines. I had to rebuild a little, a few of them. Um, I got a little too focused on work. And I remember it was actually kind of a strain on me and my boss because she's not like me. So for her, the idea of staying in one place to work drove her crazy. She just wanted to be gone, but we couldn't really travel. And for me, things were really consistent and stable for work. And I was like, oh, it's okay. Everything is fine. And we hit a wall where at one point I was like, yes, we're doing great. And she was like, I got to get out of here. (laughs) And I remember it being super like, really a challenge for me. And I realized that I was just masking, like I was using work to keep the time and to keep the day going. And so that was the time where I really had to analyze where, what was I doing before? What were routines that I had to not feel, to feel in control? What was I doing even subconsciously? And I kind of got myself back into, you know, trying to read and trying to get up in the morning and actually have a routine where I like wrote in my journal and try to be great. I mean, it's all that cheesy stuff, but like, it's grounding, you know, it's cheesy, but it's grounding. So it was like, write five things I'm grateful for and plan out my day and check my email to inbox zero. Cause that just makes me feel like a little dopamine hit in the morning, <laughs> and, you know, just things like that. And then, you know, like read my Bible and make, take the time to pray like all those things before 7am, which I never did. By the time the pandemic was like halfway through, I was getting, being out of bed by nine was like a accomplishment. <laughs> But but still, I was like, I can still do this. I don't have to get up at seven anymore, but I can still get up and do these things. And once I kind of got back into that, things started kind of leveling out for me emotionally again. And what was it like trying to plan a wedding during a pandemic? It's a great question. <laughs> we did things very differently. And I think that was the only reason it wasn't so bad. Um, we wanted to have a a destination feel, but we knew we were risking. We didn't know if COVID was going to really be gone by the time and it was starting to look better, but you know, we all know where we're at right now. Um, so I've only been married for three weeks. So we had to kind of plan around what happens if things don't go great. So we planned a really small wedding and it took all the stress off. It wasn't my first time getting married. So, you know, I had these thoughts of like, what do I not want to repeat? What do I like, what kind of things were not that important? And I spent eight years shooting weddings. So I also had that in my back pocket of like things I did not care about, things that were not that serious, and that helped a lot. So it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. Like we managed to have a really good time. We managed to pick something that was really low key and relaxed while still very pretty and very nice. And I think I pulled off a pretty good wedding. Like all so far, everyone who came was like, this was like the best wedding ever. So I'm going to count that as a win. They may be lying, but I'm going to count it as a win. Well, then what, what's the secret? What made it the best wedding ever? Uh, I don't know. I think, I think my biggest goal, 
and I, I, I encourage this for everyone. Sometimes you get a little self-focused because it's our wedding. And if it's your first time getting married or if it's like, you know, you've been dreaming about this day since you were three, like no judgment. I get it. But the thing is you tend to start focusing on what you want. Um, and I remember when I was planning this, I was like, I want what? Like I want to appreciate my family. And I want to appreciate my friends. Like I really want them to have fun with us. And I want to spend quality time with them. Like that was like my theme. So we booked like a big Airbnb type wedding venue, had four different buildings. And we put like 20 people on site in all these different buildings. And then there just happened to be a barn there. And it was called Laurel Falls, just a casual shout out. <laughs> Laurel Falls in at like Fairview, North Carolina. Um, but it was beautiful. We could walk to each other's places. We had mountain views. and. Nobody had a rush. Like we were set up for the wedding the day before and we didn't have to touch anything. And my mom and my best friend got to like sleep in and then have coffee and watch the sun come up and like just do no like really relaxing mountain wedding things that weren't like, okay, get up. We got to get dressed. We got to be done by three o'clock. Like at 320, you need to have your dress zipped up. Like we didn't have any of that. And I think taking away that like rush really allowed everyone to feel relaxed and have a good time and to just stay up late and know they didn't have to drive somewhere tonight. They didn't have to drive home. They could just stay up late and have a little bourbon and just have a good time. And I think that was what made all the difference. Everyone was there to vacation and relax. And so did I. Good. That's great. So what has it been like for three weeks, you know, being married and you know, having to change routines and, and make time for your relationship. Oh, it's been surprisingly good. Too good. It's making me super nervous. <laughs> no, we we are both finding we, we worked really hard. And I actually think COVID played a good part in our relationship because we didn't have like a ton of like going out on dates because we were dating pretty much during all of COVID, but our friendship lasted longer than that. So we'd had history and we'd gone out and gone to the mountains and gone hiking and done a lot of fun things. But now that we're married, you know, this last year really has allowed us to just enjoy normal time together. So getting married wasn't a huge transition. We were already used to normal time. We were used to waking up in the morning and having conversations first thing in the morning. And we were used to, you know, each other's spurt from home schedules. And so coming here has just been figuring out how to do that in the same room. But it's been really, really good. And so I'm, it's a weird way that I'm kind of grateful for COVID because, you know, it really wasn't like, you know, makeup and going out and going and doing all these crazy fun dates. It was more like, it is, this is life now. So let's adjust and let's just enjoy dinners together. Also, he cooks and honestly, just get you a man who cooks. That's just a secret in life because it's the best thing ever. <laughs> oh gosh, that is, that is too great. So you mentioned just now, like the whole work from home and, and having schedules like that. What is work from home like for you? Is it something that you enjoy and hope continues post pandemic? Absolutely. I was always, I have actually been working from home with this job for the majority that I've had it. Like I've always either, like we've worked for clients and I go like on site, but we do a lot of financial work. So my job is the company I work for is called Pivot Business Group. And we work for, you know, small businesses to large businesses who have financials and 
maybe haven't had like someone just kind of look and be like, hey, there's some things messed up and we need to fix this going back about a year. It's just no one wants to do that. No one wants to audit their own stuff. They just want to like focus on today. And so we'll go in and we'll see these problems. You'd be like, look, before you pull some like you make some like one year strategy for your business. We'll just clean up these little things in the back end and then you go make that strategy. Um, so I've always worked from home because you need a ninja who's going to sit at home like when no one's looking and clean up stuff. And then they wake up in the morning, and it's clean. And so that's been my role. Um, and as I've grown into like this year is doing more operations and playing a more like managerial role on how we function as a company. I've still been home. <laughs> like I've still had to find time and carve out time to focus on creating processes and doing work when no one's looking and getting things done. And so working from home is really my favorite way to do it. I have learned that I can't stay in one place ever. Like I'm constantly like at the kitchen table, at my desk, at my couch. But I find that like, as long as I'm home and just can work where I feel inspired, I get a lot done. So yes, I want to keep it. (laughs) Do you think that will continue to be the case for a lot of people? I think so. I think we are in a huge shift right now. Um, it's it's the little things. Like, I'll give you an example. Is my boss, I kind of joked slash meant that well, as soon as I moved to away, I had moved about 30 minutes from where I was living. And I was like, well, since I'm further away and since, you know, my schedule is a little different, I don't mind like coming in one day a week. And so now I'm driving 30 to 40 minutes. And I was like, I'm so glad that this is not like a thing I have to commit to. Because 40 minutes to drive one direction, that's like 80 minutes of my day driving, let alone getting ready, getting showered. Like I used, I take my showers at like whenever I want to today, you know, like whenever I feel like it, I can put my pajamas until one o'clock in the afternoon. Like, and anything I do to combat that is a choice. And I think that the world is realizing that everyone who's, and I'm not saying it's for everyone. Like there are people who really do thrive in an office environment, but if people are realizing, oh, you know what? It's really not that hard to stay in my pajamas, drop my kids off at school, come back home, put on a nice shirt and sit at my desk at nine o'clock. That's a lot easier than I need to get up 40 minutes ago, plus the half an hour, plus I have to take care of my kids and change their needs. Like there's so many things. I don't even have children. I just think about other people who have kids, like, I just worry about letting my dog out in the morning. And even that's a lot of work. So <laughs> I, I can't even imagine how much more it's needed for people who have families. Um, for millennials, I'm a millennial. And millennials my age have children. They have just all these things that they're trying to manage. So I do think that moving toward from home, people need to be prepared for that to be a industry option. Now, what is your biggest advice for taking control of the operational sides of business or of life and your best way to organize? Oh, that's a great question. (sighs) Taking control. I think that, I think it's going to vary in those different areas of your life. You know, there are people who are really organized in business and their homes are a hot mess. (laughs) Um, But for me, I find that it actually blends better when I'm organizing both. Um, as when it comes to businesses, any business, you have to build for the long term. And a lot of people get just really caught up in the product and the service. And it's not to say that that's not very important, obviously. However, 
it's a very temporary thing when you look at the grand scheme. Like if you don't have any money and you run out of money, you can't make your product. If you don't have any marketing and no one sees what you're making, you can't make your product. So there's just certain foundations. And for me, I'm starting to realize how important processes are in that that workflow, that whole picture. Because if you don't have a system for how to get from process, like how to get a lead into a sale, into a, you know, money, then you don't have a business. And what happens when you are no longer running that business? What happens when you can't work? Or if a pandemic comes through and changes the trajectory of everything in your life? Like, what happens? Well, systems and workflows are what you fall back on. I've had conversations with big corporations and they're making good money and they're doing great, but their project manager just quit. And they were the one that knew where everything was. And I'm like, did you have it written down? Did you have like a system that has the steps that you could reassign to somebody? No. So that person has just too much power. It's just too much power to give it to one person. And no one should have, I mean, with great power comes great responsibility. Spider-Man taught us that. We need to remember that. (laughs) So do you think you will ever go back full time working for yourself with your own business? The only element of my own business that I do not want back is the hustle. And what I mean by that is I did photography. Everyone, anyone can get into photography. So there was always competition. And regardless of what you do, like I was never like, oh, I'm competing. And I had a lot of amazing photographer friends. And so we supported each other. But you have to be posting all the time. You have to be promoting your work all the time. And you are directly responsible for whether or not this wedding you photographed becomes a marketing ploy, becomes an actual sale or a referral. You have to make sure you are just hilarious enough on the wedding day for her bridesmaids to remember you for their wedding six to 12 months later. And you have to make sure you're just as organized enough for the mom to remember you, to tell her, like, it's just, you're always hustling and the responsibility is on you. And what I love about the job that I have now and what I do is, yeah, I spent tons of time when I was in photographer, work writing out my steps that I need to do in Asana and remembering all the things and checking them off when I needed to finish a wedding. But now that I work for somebody else, I'm creating a system that I can hand off to anybody And I get to just breathe. Like, that was my job. I don't also have to go out and get someone to hire me so I can use the system. That's my boss's job. And, you know, I see the pressures that remain on her. And she is a visionary. And she is unbelievable in sales. So I have every confidence in her to do that. She's meant for that role. And I I could do it. I'm not saying I can't. I just... If I had to choose, like, it's not the part that I want to do all the time, which is why TikTok, I mean, I'll be really honest, everything that I have sold, gotten, worked with, anyone I've met through TikTok, is minimal effort. Like, I know that sounds terrible, but like, I just posted TikToks and a link to my calendar and slowly people would be like, okay, you're funny. And also, this is really smart. Can we talk? And I was like, sure. Like, that is the extent of the hustle. And that's just more in line with where I am in life. Like, I just don't want to get really caught up in building a business. 
So what is your hope for TikTok going forward? I don't necessarily have an like an end goal or a hope for it. I want it to stay fun. And that's primarily it. Like I want to enjoy talking about business. I also want to not talk about it and not feel obligated to my followers per se. Like, like I enjoy posting and I'm posting because I enjoy it. And I want to keep that energy because that's when I post the most um, fun stuff and the stuff that does well. When I start to think about, you know, analytics and hashtags and, you know, how many people are seeing it and how come this isn't doing really well. It takes the joy out of it. It turns it into work. And so I think my goal for TikTok and my long term is to continue making it like sort of a passive income stream because I mean, I work in finance. I'm a smart girl. You got to have passive income. You got to have something to invest. And I like that I sort of have built TikTok to be this fun, passive project that I can work on without pressuring myself to deliver to anyone. That's really good. Now, I think i have kind of wrapping up on all of my questions that I have. So is there anything else that you would like to share with the listeners, maybe about you personally or something to do with work or really just anything? You could talk about your dog. <laughs> I do love my dog. I feel like I have children. Um, I have two doggos now that I'm married and one of them is old, but whines like a two-year-old and the other one is really smart and lets herself into rooms and is like a three-year-old toddler who just gets into everything. So we're vibing here on the dog front. But if I were to talk about just anything, like I, you know, I started my TikTok because I, you know, was trying to get advice on stuff and talking about workflows and talking about all of that stuff has been super solidifying in my actual job role. And when it, even from like, just not just getting like the promotion, but just having the confidence in my job to say like, I'm really good at this. And I get to set some rules here because I was the second person to work here ever. And <laughs> you're new and I want to build this system for you. And like, and not that I'm saying that to anybody, but like just owning like my space and my place in my, in my business and allowing myself to say like, you're good at this has been really empowering for myself. I work in a business with all women. I work for a really, really smart boss. Like she's just really fun and really brilliant. And I work in finance and accounting. Like that could be so boring. And I have fun every day. And so I think that, you know, I encourage everyone to, you know, if you're running a business, it shouldn't be exhausting. I mean, it's going to be exhausting, but it shouldn't be just draining. And sometimes, you know, people don't realize this, but like, it's probably your systems. The reason you're exhausted and running your own little small business is because you have to keep remembering every single thing you do every single time. And so if I get to like use my TikTok to solidify my role in my, in my current business or job or to help someone else feel better about their business, then I feel like that's just a little bit of something I get to give back to myself and to the world. And combine that with my other altruistic things, you know, my, my faith and my marriage and all that other stuff, combine it all together. And I just feel like I get to have this very valuable place in life that can ebb and flow with wherever I grow as a person. So just encourage anyone to take the time, you know, don't let your own negative thoughts or fears hold you back. Like just take charge of what you love to do and freaking make a workflow. <laughs> I don't know how those two things are related, but just make a workflow, like workflow your life. It'll, you won't be mad about it. <laughs> 
Do you think that working um, in an all-woman business helps with the fun and the creativity and the enjoyment you get out of your out of your job? Yes and no. I mean, anytime you work in just an industry where, like, I mean, we all have feelings and emotions, and you know, you feel that in any industry. But when you work in all women, you feel you recognize that you're all women when you are in a field field filled with more men. I mean, we work for corporations. Corporations are typically have male CEOs. And so I, we recently got certified as a company on this training software and this training program. And we walked into this room and it was filled with men, just men. And they were all the people that we were just walked in, these five women, like, well, we're here and we're just going to take over and we're just going to be cool now. And that is a really, really good feeling. Um, so it does, it just play into the role of knowing like we're creating something really powerful, but you will always have that just kind of like making sure you maintain the balance of everyone's feelings and, and respecting each other. But yeah, no, it's, it's really, it's fun to have people who are just feel empowered and are empowering to you. Awesome. Now at the end of every episode, I do mm-hmm. ask a random question. Hopefully. And so my question for you, uh, it might be simple, might not be, um, outside of work, outside of faith, outside of relationships, what is the absolute favorite thing that you enjoy doing? Outside of faith, relationships, and work? Because those are the things you've mostly talked about. So those aside. Take all the fun things out. And you tell me to pick something fun. <laughs> no, what do I do? Um... Probably, probably hiking. Me and my husband love to hike and explore new places. And that is probably the thing we do the most aside from those other things that I'm not allowed to talk about. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we love to get out there. We have explored so many mountain ranges in our like short two-year relationship. And uh, it's been the best. Uh, so that's what I'd say. It's the thing I like to do the most. Of course, since COVID, my, my breathing and my capability of hiking has gotten worse. So our next goal is to be good at that again. (laughs) All right. That brings this episode to a close for more information about all of the great things that Ariana is doing and all of her social medias that we've been talking about that information will be in the description so her instagram her tiktok of course and her direct website so feel free to go follow her on those pages and see what she's up to and of course if you would like to connect with the podcast our website is in the description which brings you to all of our social media instagram facebook and linkedin and if you would like to support the podcast monetarily That donation information is also in the description, along with information for how to be a guest. You can just email me. I always love hearing new stories from different people, whether it's more like this one, which is a little bit more work related, but I think really shows how everyone is connected in different ways and how we can all learn to better ourselves and, you know, make a workflow. So thank you so much, Ariana, for spending time with me today and to my listeners for taking the time out of your day to hear a new story. Until next time. Bye. Bye, go make the workflows.